Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to yet again another fantastic Indie Creator interview. It's your Cape Crusader Cody, and we're keeping it geekly with our new guest, Rick Dury. We're here to break down Orphan Bloodline, coming hot from Charter Comics and everything in between. Rick, welcome to the stream. How are you doing today? Excellent, excellent. Thanks for having me on here. It's a great show. Glad to, glad to be part of it. Yeah, absolutely. I had the chance to read Chapter 2, and holy crap, I love what you guys are doing with the Orphan Bloodline. But before we dive into the comic book too much, let's begin with the basics of who you are and how you got into creating comics. Yeah, I'm just a Joe. You know, we're all just going through life. But uh, I was playing some D&D with my buddies, and we created this character that was coming back in time into the traditional fantasy world from the future. And uh, I had to get you know, deep. I hate these characters that are shallow. Hey, I'm a ranger. Oh, now I'm just too close. <laughs> I, I had to have something depth, some depth there. So I decided to give this kid uh, a blood disorder where he was holding on to all the metals in his blood called hemochromatosis. And to get over this, his parents brought him to China, of course, to Wuhan, where all the great technology is at for medical because the FDA wouldn't approve the work in the States. And uh, this kid then gets bio bracers that take the metal out of his blood through his wrists, through his veins. And uh, in doing so, he ends up getting this magnetic power that we see in chapter two, which which you read. Uh, basically, it's a it's a blood powers meets bio bio machinery brought together in some kind of a futuristic cyberpunk world of the underworld of China. Oh my goodness! Okay, that explains <laughs> a lot of questions I had. I remember, yeah. you know, chapter two starting off rather electrifying, and right. uh, I, I love the bracers. What is what influenced you to give him that blood disease? That is that sounds like such a complex character. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to have my comic that I wrote the story. I wanted it to be based in reality, so some historical elements true, some biology true, some science that's true. I didn't want to just throw out. Okay, you can fly now. Yeah, throw your throw your ice balls out of your palms. No, I just I wanted to really get it where it's something people can relate with. And so a blood power. I mean, blood disorders are real, but mm -hmm. why not turn it into a something that's positive, you know, we can use all kinds of blood disorders and, and physical ailments and then turn them to be used for our benefit. I don't know. It's kind of like a glass half full, you know, uh, making lemonade out of lemons is my philosophy here. So uh, we're talking uh, now in chapter two, are, are we allowed to talk about chapter one and two? Talk, uh, talk okay. about it, yeah. So, so, so uh, he's given the nickname Ace. What's his real name though? Right. So uh, everybody in the in the game starts with their own in the game in the story starts with their own full name. But uh, when you get into the uh, underworld of China, they rename you with something similar. Mm -hmm. So Ace Ace is his, his real name is Asen. Okay. Uh, I was writing the story with my son's name Mason, and Asen is the word for in German it's Eisen, which is the word for iron. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I thought, okay, what's the American version? Well, Asen. Okay, his name is Iron because he has too much iron in his blood. And uh, I started bringing all these periodic elements, all the characters, manga is from manganese, uh, Nikaru, uh, Nikki for nickel, you know? So you have all wow. these um, metals. Every single character has a periodic table, has a number. If you see, and I'm sure you did in comic number two, where there was the, the person in the brothel, she's mm -hmm. in a bad way there with the drugs, and she has a number 78 on her lower abdomen. Well, that's because her hair is platinum. Her name is, uh, well, she's from the platinum uh, metal. So we're trying to bring everybody into having a connection to the periodic table. I think it adds an element, you know, but <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> <laughs> see what you did there. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I love when comics do that. They go above and beyond and kind of add like a whole other layer to it that you mm -hmm. might not readily see or even know about until the creator like reveals that that's, that's another right. complex, like, 
you know, aspect in this is the world in this just seems so deep. What goes into the world building with uh, with creating this comic? Right. So yeah, world building is huge. And I, I know a lot of comics you get on Kickstarter and Indiegogo, they're just kind of like uh, solving a, a murder or solving a crime and then you're done. Or maybe it's a little bit of showing some skin while they're, while they're solving a crime. But I, I don't want to be that shallow. I wanted to have a depth of a full world. So basically, um, Orphan Bloodline takes place in our world with a secret society like the Illuminati who's governing the different countries. And uh, when you have a disease, then that can be to your benefit or to your negative. When you're going through history, back to Caesar, back to um, Hydernus the Younger, if anyone knows who that is, he led the immortals under Xerxes. You go back to Pharaoh. These people all had blood disorders and uh, they, they're they written in the story. I have 22 chapters wow. written so far. Sometimes it's about a historical person. Sometimes it's about how their ancestor is today. So the witch covens back in the Middle Ages, they were blood disorder people that turned it into a blood power and happened to be witches because of it, deemed by the church, but then they fought against the church with their abilities. So it's kind of taking history that we know and putting a tiny little twist on it, but where does the reality be end and where does the fantasy begin? That's that's where Bloodline does very well. I love just how deep it goes too. I was not expecting that. And I, I, I am always a sucker for just attention mm -hmm. to details like that. Thanks. So, let's talk a little bit about, you know, why go the comic route to tell this story? You know, I know it kind of, mm -hmm. Was, was spawned from a D&D session, but what made you go comics instead of anything else? Right, yeah. So I have written a textbook for university. I used to teach at college, so it was an entrepreneurship textbook for classes. And that was okay writing. It was, I mean, it was like not that fun, but it was a te mm -hmm. <laughs> it was textbook. So I wanted to go a different route. I didn't want to just go books again. Uh, I, and I'd done an audio book, which was fun, but I wanted to do a different route. So comics landed right in there. And comics... The telling of the story is not easy. People think, oh, it's shorter text. It must be easier. Oh, it's a shorter story. It must be easier. No, 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 no. Bringing the pictures in and communicating the story with the art, that's very difficult. So you have to have a good team on your, on your behind you. And speaking of team, let's go ahead and shout out the creative team involved with Orphan Bloodline. Yeah, uh, every, every book pretty much has a separate artist team. I could have gone with one team the whole time, but to be honest, I like varying different kinds of art. And uh, part of my story is when you are in Japan, you have Japanese art. When you're in Central Europe, you have maybe German or Slavic style art. When you're in uh, India, you might have in Indian art. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to switch it up with different artists who had different strengths. So uh, and number one, it's Balam Kike. Uh, and number two, it's uh, Ivan Rezi and the Desawarna Studios out of Indonesia. They do a great job. I recommend them strongly. And then I'm going to work with... Uh, Aries the artist coming up here in the future. So uh, number three is launching on Kickstarter in two weeks and followed quickly by number four. We're going to have them both maybe together, maybe not ch mm -hmm. ch check in and we'll, we'll see what we give you. So what was your experience like? Cause this is your first book, right? You just started creating comics. I want to say uh, about a year ago. What's your experience? Right, yeah. What's your experience working with so many different artists? I mean, do you find that kind of mm -hmm. troublesome or is it something that you're kind of just starting to get used to? Troublesome is an interesting word. <laughs> I would say that it is difficult. A lot of communication, a lot of uh, Facebook Messenger, a lot. But, you know, it's okay because maybe chapter one can be working while chapter two is paused and then chapter two can be working while chapter one is paused. So doing a couple at once, like I said, three and four possibly together, it makes sense for me because then I can focus on whoever is available. The artists mm -hmm. are just, they're, they're people like all of us. You know, they have schedules and families. So uh, you try to help as many people as you can get, get some artist work 
and then hopefully they can bring back a quality product for for the kickstarter so i mean bouncing between the chapters like that are you did you ever worry about like any continuity errors or anything of that nature yeah true absolutely in fact that did happen a couple times because uh you have to be really diligent diligent on reading up on your own story even though you wrote it you might have to go back and read it seven different times so i caught several changes that were done by the artist without me noticing right away uh and so yeah that that's an issue but you got to be watching that you're the creator yeah, you're the writer yeah. it's up to you to make sure you do it right I was gonna say because it's it's pretty interesting hearing that you balance like both uh you know the the chapters like that together uh and mm -hmm. i really do like how you change the art style when it's in a different like country like what kind of inspires right. you to go that direction uh, the inspiration i got for that was ukiyo-e style from japan the old imperial japan art you know from hundreds of years ago is beautiful to me it's just mm -hmm. absolutely uh, it, it, our world needs to appreciate japan just for that style of art that they brought to us and so I started saying, what if I did a comic book about Imperial Japan within the bloodline and used that art? So I actually have a side story you can get as an add-on in the Kickstarter uh, that has the ukiyo-e old Japanese style of art. And I said, this is how we're going to do it from now on. We're going to follow the style of the art with the country, with the people, with the culture. I think it's really important that we show different cultures and different peoples. Yeah, that's really cool, too. I think that's something that's not really being done a whole lot or utilized no. a lot within the, the, the comic uh, scene. So that's really cool. So let's go ahead and start with the basics, you know, chapter one, what, what happens? So number one is kind of like an origin. I don't really like saying comic zero. A lot of, you know, when Marvel puts on a new character or whatever they do, comic zero, I don't really like that. So this is number one, but it's really the origin of uh, Ace or Asen. Uh, his parents, they get into turmoil. Uh, you don't know what happens, but somehow she gets pregnant. Uh, he feels like maybe it's not his kid. The kid has a disease. It's hereditary. Oh, wait, we don't have it. So it's got to be some kind of finagling going on here with the kid. But the dad and the mom, they work it out and they stick together because they want to raise their child. Mm -hmm. Well, when they're raising their kid, their kid's having dialysis every day, every day. Now, this is where the biology skips and comes into fantasy. With hemochromatosis, you actually might have to do a dialysis once a year on a worst case scenario. So I just ramped that up to doing it daily. So it would be really uh, a strong impediment for, to the, the character. For anyone who's listening, that's not aware, like what goes into that di dialysis part? Yeah, dialysis is when they stick, <laughs> they put a machine on you and they pull your blood out and they spin it around and take the metals out and they stick it back in. Kind of like when so, you're giving plasma. Yeah. It's kind of similar to that. Or uh, kidney dialysis is common for people who have uh, failing kidneys. I, I know a friend who has that, it's very sad. And that kind of gave me a little bit of, uh, you know, direction in this as well. So the dialysis part's very, it's painful, it's tiring, it's tedious, it's expensive, it's all the time. And so, you know, our character, Asen, he actually thinks about committing suicide. Like, why am I putting my parents through this expense? Why am I putting my body through this expense? But his mom works in a lab, like my wife works in a lab. And uh, the FDA trials were hiding some of the possible, uh, you know, cures for his mm -hmm. disease. And those trials were being done over in China, in Wuhan, obviously. That's where they happen, right? We know that now. So uh, he goes over to uh, Wuhan and uh, try to get some help. But they realize his blood is special. And this is where it's it gets into the lore a little bit. When your blood's special, it's because they're going to use you for some reason. So the, a lot of people's blood have blood disorders, but only some people have extreme blood disorders. And then also only some people can be used by the the bloodline, the secret mm -hmm. society for their purposes. So he was 
taken. His parents were killed uh, and they blamed it on the parents not being able to afford the treatment or some other uh, useless uh, reason and threw him in the orphanage. That's where chapter two starts. I was going to say, chapter two starts off so brutal. I remember the first scene is, 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 is mom, are we allowed to talk about it or is it a spoiler? I don't, I, we don't worry about spoilers. Let's yeah, yeah, talk, yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah. For, for first page, I mean, his mom is dead. And I was like, dude, Jesus, like what a start. And him, you know, I, and just the, the, the reaction, the emotion, and he just gets caught up by the throat, mm -hmm. like just, just thrown down like a dog and just beaten. Uh, yeah. What a brutal introduction to chapter two. Mm -hmm. Like what, you know, why, why start off this brutal? Yeah, I, it's important that we get real. I, I hate, absolutely hate Mary Stews, both guys and girls. I don't like that people might be able to just win off of the first time they're introduced that she was a character, and that's that's not right. I much rather like the hero story where they come back and, and improve, and then they can then conquer. And uh, well, he's just grabbed by this very strong martial artist, Ju Long, the head of the Kozen uh, House, which is a, a fraction of the bloodline, and just thrown around and says, you're not going to take this out on me. We're going to move you to the orphanage and you're going to make me some money in the underworld. And that's, that's the move forward. I mean, when you're in China and you don't speak the language and you're a kid, you're and what is he? 15 years old. Uh, he's going to have to do what it takes to survive. And I that's really, a lot of what, Oh, go ahead. go ahead. That's a lot of what chapter two is about is surviving at that point. I really love how you paired him up with uh, Manga, who's also the niece of the dude who killed his mom. I was like, wow, like this couldn't get any worse for, for Ace, like in the beginning of this. So do they all have like a, a special blood disease or is it just Ace at this point? So. Uh, Hold on, you're freezing up a little bit. Okay, sorry, I'm back. Are you there? Yep, yep, yep. We're good. Okay, so they all have what? Uh, do they all have like a blood disease or is it just Ace at this point? Um, half and half. You don't okay. know. This is this is the secret part because it's not like the X Men where you can look at them and they look like Iceman. So then therefore therefore they have ice powers. It's not like that. Uh, these are. It's more of a. I would say a little bit more real, where it's a Joe or it's, or it's a Jane and they're there with you, mm -hmm. and they and they have powers or they don't. They have abilities or they don't. And the blood powers aren't everything. I mean, look at Nikki. She has a blood power. You don't know what it is right now, uh, but she's a, a samurai. She studied bushido, and so she has martial arts ability was is that really a superpower and some people would say wielding a sword like a samurai is a superpower so it, it depends on how you look at it in my opinion uh don't expect them to have blood powers but when they do you'll be surprised and it's all about surprising the audience that's my hope so we we talked a lot about like this bloodline and the, the game what what is the game what i mean is that is now that might be spoiler but like what's this all leading up to well then this is a big one i'm gonna give you a hint at comic number four now okay because this is i wrote 22 comics i have them all in my head so let's just throw them down uh the, you get introduced deeply into some of the masterminds of the bloodline in comic number four and the thing about what they've done in the past this is a flashback to the 80s this is a flashback to the soviet union uh Uran in book number one and then again in book number two She's the doctor. She's the mad scientist. Well, you can see that she's dressed in some kind of a Soviet, you know, Eastern European garb. And that's because that's where she comes from. And uh, she worked with Eisen. I'm not going to say anything else. Uh, he's in the first comic, page one. That's all you see of him until page chapter six. But we work together to orchestrate Chernobyl. So I'll just say there's a lot of bad stuff happening in the governments. And they're using their political power to run experiments. 
and uh, the bloodline is used. I mean, the, the blood powers of people are catalysts in these experiments. I really love how you're like implementing like real world things to like Chernobyl. Uh, are mm-hmm. we going to see that the elephant's foot? Isn't the elephant's foot like a big thing with that? You know, I, there's so much lore. Oh man, I, I'm I'm I, I want to incorporate everything. You know what? You're going to write one of these comics. You're going to come in. You're going to write about the elephant's foot. Be- that's such a crazy thing, though. That thing is so radioactive. Like they would put like cameras on like little remote control things and it would burn the camera the film yeah. like, like it would take the picture and the film itself would be burning like mid-picture like mm-hmm. it is it's just remarkable to think of how radioactive something of that nature could actually be yeah there's a one of my artists for my cover of that of that number four uh, i posted it on my social so definitely check out orphan bloodline on facebook check out richard Durie on facebook you'll see a, a, just this week i put a, a cover up for that comic and it's about one of the bloodline members mm-hmm. being destroyed inside chernobyl as it melts down it's amazing art i mean absolutely amazing art alfred's uh, attempts at art <laughs> is the artist on facebook i'm a huge advocate of his it's in and the ra- radiation poisoning is is wild like the, the 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 way you get cancer from it the way like right. your cells just dissolve and like mm-hmm. your body is just literally dissolving I, I recount a story i think from what um uh, Hiroshima, I think, well, one of the survivors, they kept him mm-hmm. alive over in Japan just to test, mm-hmm. and like the effects of his body and what radiation did. It's just, it's, it's wild. So we, we can yeah. see like maybe some like Chernobyl like radiation stuff going on in issue four. Uh, not issue four, but in the future after that, we do have a side story where Uran. We come back to Uran, Doctor Uran Arts. Uh, we go back to her, and she takes the people who were irradiated. The Secret Service guys, uh, SS, that went over and tried to, you know, shovel the Chernobyl and bury it. They would climb Chernobyl and they would shovel one shovel full of dirt onto the radiation and then they would leave. And that was all the work they did. And so every soldier would shovel a little bit. But, you know, of course, the SS were experimenting and they were in there and they had some effect by what the bloodline was doing because they were Mm -hmm. using elements to their advantage. Well, did that give them blood powers in some way or, or some other kind of power? And we learn about that with a side story in the future. It's not yet been written. I'm still formulating it in the brain. I love that. I love that. So you're going to have a campaign uh, on Kickstarter for issue three. Uh, That's going to be launching sometime soon. What type of rewards and tiers can we expect to see within that? Well, you always have the catch-up tier, right? You're going to get number one, number two. I always offer a premium high-quality foil cover option, which in chapter one and chapter two's Kickstarter, that was the book everybody bought. I mean, it's the collectible. It's beautiful. I don't charge too much. A lot of people charge, you know, 20 bucks a piece for those or more. I charged 20, uh, I think it was 15 bucks for both chapter one and chapter two together. So super cheap on the foil because I feel like indie creators, we have this opportunity to offer people a really good book in their hands. And if they're going to spend the money for the shipping and they're going to support us over other uh, options that are out there, I mean, let's really make it worth their while. That's what Mm -hmm. I say. No, I think that is awesome. So that should be going live soon. Uh, mm-hmm. How long are you planning on running it for the full three weeks? Are you going to like have any sort of yeah. different date for that? It'll be four weeks, probably. I'll do four weeks. And uh, I'm back on the tiers real fast. We have tarot cards, a full tarot deck. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because back in the coven, uh, which coven, I told you about those earlier, the first one of the first members created the first tarot deck with her blood power. Mm-hmm. Another aspect. Now, this goes into the sacred ancestral items of power s-a-i sai sacred ancestral items of power uh anybody who has a bloodline power and they use an item 
and they use it a lot, especially for killing and all that having to do with blood. And you're going to have that power from yourself radiating into the item. So her original tarot deck, if you have it in this current world, you're going to be able to see the future. It's going to actually, you know, do its job, what tarot decks should do anyway. That's so cool. I love that. I, and I'm a sucker for merchandise like that too. Like stuff, mm -hmm. like stuff you could hold and actually like mess with and, and fidget with like that. That's so cool. Rick. I and mean, one more ahead. thing. And this tarot deck, the pictures aren't chosen by me. They're, they're chosen by a local psychic. We went to a psychic. I'm serious. We're all, we're all in. We're 100% in. We mm -hmm. go to a local psychic and we say, these are all of our images for Charter Comics, all these different books, you know, from all the different creators. Which card should be pinnacle number five, fifth five of pinnacles or the six of yeah, cups yeah. Or, the, or, or the lover's card? And and she's sorting through them right now. And she's putting them, this is, this is what I feel is the right image for this card right now that's what's happening so, that's so you'll be cool. able to get those tarot cards it really it's, it's touched by the spirits i suppose mm -hmm. you could say that no that's awesome rick i was going to ask you know what's next for you in 2023 i know you said you had 22 issues already kind of planned up uh mm -hmm. but in, in another short story but any other series or projects outside of uh this series well uh, part of uh, Charter Comics benefit of being part of a group, which I think is important that we all get parts of groups, whether it's a, a Facebook group or it's a group of friends in your area, your local comic shop and those people, you have to have some people that are supporting you. And sometimes they are doing a story that you can add to, you can edit it, you can uh, write a chapter in it, mm -hmm. you can maybe do some art for it or help them with the logo design. And then that's, that's where I see myself in 2023 is working with my group to help them. They help me doing a lot of comic cons. I'm going to go to Tulsa. I'm here in St. Louis. So I'm going to be going to the St. Louis ones. I say, support your locals, you know, mm -hmm. do what you can for your local cons because they need to be, uh, beefing up. Don't just focus on the ones that we all know about that cost a thousand or 1200 bucks per table. Go to your local and they might give you a free table you don't want to get your, get your work out there. Do some yeah, signings. Yeah. Absolutely. And everyone that is watching, if you are interested, right here is the website. Be sure to go to orphanbloodvine.com. Stay up to date when that Kickstarter goes live and share that link around. It's 100% free to share that link on Facebook mm -hmm. and Twitter and let your friends know about it as well. So, Rick, sounds like one hell of a year for you in 2023. Before mm -hmm. we let you go, I got to ask you for a little bit of advice for anyone out there who is interested in creating a complex character what would be some little bits of, of, you know, pieces you can offer them to kind of help them achieve that? Yeah, I like the idea of the complex character and the world building, just going deeper. You know, the way you do it is you never stop thinking about it. You say, what else could be? And you ask people, you ask everybody and give them all your ideas. They'll give you their ideas, start sharing and mm -hmm. grab from people. So you can really build a deep, a deep uh, character. You might do your reading. You might watch your shows like Lord of the Rings or what have you and see how characters can be written in a deep way. But the reality is, is you just have to really think what else is there in this world? What else is there deeper? How can I keep adding to it? Watch some videos on YouTube that show you how to build it as well. They'll give you some things you haven't thought of before. It's all about just keeping going. And I wouldn't say you can start too early. Start when you can. If you can start now, then start now. Don't worry about waiting and waiting. Some people do that. There's a guy I was helping out this last week. He said, I've, I've not done a Kickstarter before. I don't know what to do. I'm like, well, let's do it then. I get on a Zoom call with him and we put together a Kickstarter campaign with him. That's what we need to do is mm -hmm. just get it out there. And you don't want to get out there in, an, in a negative way, but you want to go and get out there as soon as you can with a minimally viable product, the MVP, as we say in the business world. And uh, hopefully uh, followers can jump on board. Awesome advice, Rick. Thank you so much for swinging by and, and hanging out with us, breaking down this awesome book and everything in between. Everyone watching, once again, right here is the website. Be sure to check it out. Go there. It's 100% free to go there, 100% free to share. 
and it helps you stay up to date when this book is going to launch. Stay tuned for Orphan Bloodline issue chapter three, excuse me, coming to Kickstarter soon. That being said, it is time for us to wrap up. Rick, once again, thank you for swinging by. I hope everyone has a lovely Saturday, but most importantly, guys, keep it geekly.